0: Well, good morning once again, and welcome to BBCC. My name is Phil Letizia, and I'm the assistant pastor here at the church. And I just want to say first, this is a great crowd for New Year's Day. Welcome to all of you. This is very exciting. I think uh, Pastor Dudley had mentioned last week that in the history, 20-year history of BBCC, this is the first time that we've ever been able to gather together as a church on Christmas Day and New Year's Day because all those years meeting in schools. Uh, you're not typically allowed to rent uh, a public or a school facility on holiday. And, uh, and just the way the calendars fall, so this has been a, a different season for us these last two weeks, but uh, we have been so encouraged and, uh, and just grateful for uh, the attendance last week and this week. Today uh, is a a family service and so we're gonna uh, not dismiss the elementary kids but keep them in with us this morning as we uh, go into our teaching time uh, but i want to pray for us and i want to pray uh, for two things for um, for our offering this morning that all that's given uh, all our tithes and offerings would go uh, to god's work here at the church and his mission his kingdom and then also for our uh, our time of uh, our teaching this morning that god would impress upon our hearts uh, what he would have us to hear On this special New Year's Day. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that uh, we can look around and see so many faces this morning and just be encouraged by what you are doing here in this church. And as we give, uh, Lord, from what you have given to us, uh, Lord, the gifts that you have given, the blessings, we are so grateful and ask that it would be used, uh, Lord, for your benefit, um, for the benefit of your kingdom and the ministry of this church, And God, as we spend these moments now looking at your word, uh, finding something that can lead us into this new year, God, would your spirit come and use uh, the very feeble and broken words of my mouth and come together with all of our thoughts and all of our questions and our desires this morning, and may all of that be pleasing to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning to you once again, and I hope you have had a very special and meaningful holiday week, uh, Christmas week, and into the new year. I hope you had a a great night last night, however you chose to spend your New Year's Eve. And as we enter into this new year, you know, New Year's I think is uh, an interesting time of year. Maybe, Maybe it's one of those places, those few times of year where it seems like everyone kind of likes New Year's. You know, we kind of, we all have our different, our favorite holidays, but everyone seems to like New Year's, and uh, whether you spent time with family last night, whether you went out for a fancy dinner, maybe you went to a big party last night, how many of you kids, how many of you kids got to stay up really, really late last night? Right? Yeah? One of those few times of the year, I see those hands, get to stay up way past your bedtime, and I hope you did really well this morning for your parents' sake. Uh, Maybe some of you didn't spend New Year's Eve like that, but I think the reason why so many of us like New Year's is because what do we get to do with New Year's? We get to start over, right? We start over. It's a new year. There's new things to try. There's new things to do. And it's also when so many of us say to ourselves, you know, I want to try to do this better. I want to try to do something differently. I want to try to make some changes. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. I really want to try this instead. I want to, I want to be like this. How many of you kids or teenagers, um, how many of your parents watch remodeling or redecorating shows on TV all the time? Right? What is it with adults and HGTV, <laughs> right? We're addicted to this stuff, and I think part of it is because this desire that we all have for what? For change, right? We, we want something new, right? We, we want to move things around. We want to shift things around. We, we dream about this new kitchen, right? And in some ways, New Year's Day is kind of like our own personal HGTV, Right? A time when we can dream about things that maybe aren't quite there in our lives. We call these resolutions, of course. What would it look like if I went to the gym three times a week this year? What kind of report card, kids, what kind of report card would I get if I, if I just spent about 15 or 30 minutes extra each day studying? Resolutions, right? A couple of my favorite cartoons, Calvin and Hobbes resolutions me what are you implying that i need to change well buddy as far as i'm concerned i'm perfect the way i am maybe we kind of resent the resolution idea and we kind of balk against it say no way i don't need any of that or maybe this one where we say what exactly is a new year's resolution it's a to-do list for the first week of january <laughs> unfortunately That's all too true for many of us. So before we get on this train, right, with all these thoughts of resolutions and New Year's, I want us today to start thinking about, first, God and his story that he is telling and how he's been telling that story throughout the history of the world and through his creation and that all of us have a role, a role to play in his story, in We all have a role to play this year in his story. And the question for us is, what is it for you? What is your role in God's story this year? And there's two passages that I want us to look at this morning. One from Psalm 8 and the other from Galatians 4. And so if you have a Bible, you want to turn to those. One from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament. And I want us to look at God's story first and then how he has invited us into his story and then how we are to find our role in his story this year. So first, let's look at Psalm 8. Look with me at verse 1 as we look at God's story. The psalmist writes, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Here's what I love about this song: The writer is saying God is so great right, that everything in creation, all that he has made, everything in the universe knows his name because he is the creator. But what makes this verse amazing is that even though everything in the universe knows God and knows his name, this verse tells us that little children and infants Tell the world about the strength of God. That you kids, you tell the world about the strength of the Lord. This verse is for you. It's for children. It's for you to know that you also have a place in God's story, what he's doing in the world. There's another place in the Bible where the prophet Isaiah writes about these great heavenly creatures These great angelic beings with six wings, they're called seraphim, and they cover their face with some of them and they praise God day and night. They don't stop saying wonderful things about God. They praise him and they praise him. The most majestic things you could ever imagine. But this verse, the psalmist, tells us that our praise, the praise of you kids, When you sing and you praise God, your voices are just as strong as those mighty heavenly creatures. Your voices are just as meaningful to God. And so what is it that we're praising God for? Well, look at verse 3. The psalmist writes, When I look at the night sky... And see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should even care for them. You see, from the very beginning, God has been telling a story in his creation, in the world. And though we see it in the universe, all the amazing and wonderful things he has made, he's doing something in us also. I want to show you some amazing photographs this morning. Uh, 26 years ago, we sent a giant telescope up into space. It's called the Hubble Space Telescope, and it orbits the Earth, and it circles around, and it points, at le- it points its lenses and its cameras out into the far reaches of the universe, and it takes pictures of things that could, we, we could never imagine have seen before. And as we look at some of these things, I want us to remember the words that we've just heard from Psalm 8, that when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers. Keep that in mind as we look at some of these. This is a picture called the Butterfly Nebula. As the telescope puts its lenses, points its camera way out into the galaxies. The Butterfly Nebula, you can see how it takes its name. Or Westerland 2. These amazing pictures. I love this one called the Sombrero Galaxy. A galaxy so far away, we would have never dreamed of seeing until now. And how about this? You ever wonder what it's like to see stars formed? This is what a star-forming region looks like. When stars are literally bursting into life. Or some of the planets, maybe that we're more familiar with, and an up close picture of Jupiter, the largest planet in our solar system, and maybe my favorite as the telescope points its lens back towards Earth, a beautiful picture of Scandinavia at night. Isn't it wonderful? God's creation, the universe, the beauty of this world, it is amazing. And here's what it does. It brings you and I to that same place that the psalmist comes to where he asks the question, right, in verse 4. What are mere mortals? That means people like you and me. Who are we, God, that after creating all these things that you would even think about us? That you would even know who we are? That you would even care about us? Look at the galaxies. God, look at the planets. Look at the stars. Look at the wonders of this earth. Every creature. And you care about me? You know me? And the answer that we get from God is an emphatic yes. That we're told to remember that even as great as God's story in creation is, that he cares about his children. He cares about you and me and he wants you kids to sing to him, to tell of God's strength in the world. I want you to take your, uh, your outline out this morning and I want to I take a look at a couple of questions. And uh, these are three important questions that I think will, will help us. And these kids are, are, are for you. These questions uh, actually come from the children's catechism. These are the first three questions that come from the catechism. This is one of the great gifts that our tradition of the church has given to us we try to ask these questions around the dinner table and it's always fun to do Um, and you can find them online if you just google children's catechism you can find them there but kids let's ask them and if you know the answer if you want to take a guess at the answer you can shout them out but who look at question one if we ask the question who made you what's the answer very good god right how about question number two what else did god make everything right God made all things. God made you. He also made all things. And here's the third question that kind of brings it all together. Why did God make you and all things? Anyone want to take a guess? That's right. For his own glory. God made us. He made all things. And he made us and all things for his own glory he has made you and everything else in the universe because he wants to for his glory and his praise and he does it so that you and i can participate in his story that we can sing out to him that we can praise him with our voices why because he's invited us into this great story that's where i want us to look next God's telling a great story in creation, but God has also invited us into his story. The Apostle Paul writes some wonderful words in the book of Galatians. Look with me at Galatians 4, starting in verse 4, and this is what he says. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. God created this wonderful world, this perfect world, where we're meant to live with him in harmony and peace. But if you get to read the Bible, if you hear the stories of God, you know that very early on, Adam and Eve decided to, to write their own story, to go in their own direction. And when they disobeyed God, what happened? Sin came into the world. And with sin, all kinds of disappointment and sadness and terrible things came into the world that caused us to be separated from God so that we can't have that perfect and peaceful relationship with God that we were meant to always have. And not only does that sin separate us from god but it means that we deserve punishment that we deserve to be punished for our disobedience for not obeying god but look look at what the bible says here and think about the story of christmas that we've just celebrated but when the right time came god sent his son born of a woman subject to the law god sent him why to buy freedom for us who were slaves so that he could adopt us as his very own children. See, this is the good news of the gospel that God came to us at the very right time. I love that part. Paul says, at the very right time, God came to us in Jesus. Why? To show us that we are a part of God's story in the world. That we are invited into something very meaningful, to show us the way that we were meant to live. And not just show us, but to live the perfect life for us. So that the punishment of sin that we deserve, Jesus could then become the perfect sacrifice for our sin. So that he could be punished in our place on the cross. That's the good news of the gospel. But the good news of Jesus gets even better than that because Jesus didn't stay dead in the grave, but on the third day he rose from the dead, which means this, that now we have life, not just eternal life with God in heaven forever, but life now to live as Paul says, in freedom now as adopted children so that we could join with what the psalmist says and tell of the strength of the Lord in all his creation. One of the things that I've learned in my time here at BBCC over the past few months is that Pastor Dudley loves his dog. I don't know if you know that. He loves his dog, and that is so wonderful. And I know that so many of you love your pets as well. Maybe some of you even got a pet for Christmas. Anybody get a a pet this year for Christmas? Anyone? Anyone? I see. I see. I'm going to see that hand right there. Yeah. Isn't it a wonderful thing? Right. The process even, and I, I understand why Pastor Dudley loves his dog and why so many of you love your pets because as you go about this process, maybe, maybe you've been wanting a dog, right? And so you begin to look for one. Maybe you're visiting an animal shelter, right? Or you're looking online. You're going to the Humane Society. Maybe uh, you're looking at different pictures. You're trying to decide what kind of dog would I want. And then you go, and then you see the dog, and you say, this, this is the one This is the dog for our family. This is the dog. Look at him. Isn't he wonderful? Sometimes we even say, he was just right for our family. Right? He was just meant, he was meant for us. So what do you do? You adopt him and you bring him into your family. And now his story, the story of that dog's life, now becomes a part of your story in your family's life. Why? Because you chose him. Because you decided, you chose that he would be invited into your family. And when we see this in the Bible, we see this idea of adoption. What does it mean? When we're adopted as children of God, it simply means that we're chosen. That God has chosen us as his son's and his daughters. And that is so important for our life with God. That you and I have been adopted into the family of God. We have been invited into his story. Not because we've done anything particularly good. Not because we've kept ourselves from doing something really, really bad. But because God, in the right time, Came to us in Jesus and invited us into his family. And just like the dog that you adopted, the dog that Pastor Dudley adopted, right? Just like that can bring so much love into our families, even more so when we begin to know the love that God has for us, it changes us. Why? Because he's promised that as his children, he will always be with us. Look at verse 6 of Galatians 4. Paul says, And because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. You see, as his children, he's given us this privilege that never goes away. This great gift that at any time we can utilize, we can pick up, we can call him Abba, which is just this old word that simply means that we have the closest relationship you could imagine with our daddy. Think about that, kids. That you can call on God in the same way that you call on your daddies. So as we start a new year, What if we started things off, instead of the laundry list of resolutions, what if we started first by marveling at God's story, at what he's done in the world, at what he's created, that it would lead us to say, wow, look at the work of your hands, God. And then the next move would be to realize, wow, you even think about me? you even care about me, you even care about our kids and our babies, that you want them to tell of your strength to the world as well. And when we do that, we remember that God is inviting us into his story for a reason, that we could play a role in it, that we could be tasked with something to do in this new year. And that's the important question that I want us to close with this morning. In this new year, what is your role in God's story going to be? What's your role? Look at verse 6 of Psalm 8. This is what the psalmist says our role should be. That you gave them, us, charge of everything you have made. Putting all things under their authority. This means that God includes you. He's included us in his work in The world, even you kids, could you think about just for a moment, kids, what it would be like for you to join God's work? Maybe that just makes our minds kind of go bonkers a little bit, thinking about what that could mean for our lives. So perhaps instead of starting with the resolutions, what would it look like this year, today, to start our year asking that question? and a couple of others that are like it. it be a question like this. Since we've been adopted as God's children, what's the new potential that we have? We have a whole new potential of the kind of role we could play in God's story this year. At work, if you've come to a place in your life where you know that you have been loved and accepted by God as his child, how would that change the way you go about your work? Would it lead you to continue to kind of get on that achievement train, to achieve, achieve, to make more and more money? Would it change anything about the way you'd see your work? How about at home? If you are loved and accepted as God's child, how does it change the way we interact with our families? Right? Kids, how would it change the way you think about your moms and dads, your siblings? You're loved and you're accepted by God. How about at school? If we're loved and accepted by God as his child, does it change the way we think about our friends at school? The friends that we would want to befriend or to get to know? Maybe those that don't have as many friends. How would it change the way we'd go about our homework, our studies, that knowing God loves us, changes. It's not about the test score. It's not about the report card. Those things are important. But what's most important is that we are loved by God. And what it does is it gives us a new potential for all these things. That from there, now that's the most important thing about my life. And it fuels me to think about my work, my family, school, everything differently. The other question for us to think about, not just that new potential for this new year, but how is God going to use you this year in the lives of others? you spend some time thinking about that maybe this week? You know, resolutions, what what is kind of the, the number one element of a resolution? They're pretty selfish usually, right? It's usually almost always about us. What am I going to be like this year? What am I going to change about me this year? But what would it look like to start this year thinking about others and how your role in God's story is going to lead you to care or to interact with or to love others differently? How can you serve this year? We're going to have all kinds of things happening at the church this year here in this community. What would it look like for you to say this year, I'm going to do more. I want to be a part of more that God's doing in this community. How can you tell more people about Jesus this year? What would it look like to see this faith, knowing that God has adopted me as his child, lead me to tell others that it's true for them as well? I hope these are the questions that we can wrestle with today, that we can think about, that we can journal through, that we can ponder as we start this new year. And know this, God has a story to tell. And where do we read that? We read it in his word. And his word has told us that he has created all things. And we've seen some of those pictures. That the work of his fingers are amazing and beautiful. But God also cares about his little ones. And he invites his children. And whether you are six years old or whether you are 86 years old. The beauty of the gospel says that we are both God's children. And he invites us into his story to play a role, to take part, to do work for him, to do good work for him. Not just for ourselves, to change us, to make us a better version of ourselves, but to do so for the benefit of what he's doing in the world and the benefit of others. Let's start 2017 thinking that way and see where it takes us this year, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this morning we get just a moment to reflect upon your word, to know that you are inviting us into a great story that you have been telling. Lord, we see it in creation And Lord, as those questions, those simple questions of faith remind us that you have made us, that you have made all things, and that you have made us in all things for your glory, for your pleasure. And we now, as children, as kids, we get to tell tell that story to the world. God, whatever that may bring us to today, whatever kind of questions, whatever kind of thoughts may enter into our mind, Lord, may this new year be more than just questions about ourselves, but may it lead us to ask questions of who you are, of what you are making us to be, and who you are leading us to befriend, to share the gospel with, to care for in this new year. God, we give you all these things and we thank you that we can worship you this morning and tell about your strength with all the family of God here, young and old today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.